Welcome to That's a Wrap, episode number 40. Welcome to That's a Wrap, episode number 40. Today we are going to be talking about uh, holiday movies or movies we watch during the holidays. Uh, and for That's a Wrap, I am Eric Marshall. I'm Nick Schlegel. And returning back, I am Chris Gullen. And we are three media scholars who like to talk about movies and stuff, but not in such a stuffy way. So. Here we are. Uh, If you are new to the podcast, uh, what we generally do is we start off by doing what we call pickups, which is just kind of catching up with each other, uh, seeing if anything's new, and then we go into the into the principal photography, which is the main topic, and that's holiday uh, movies today. Uh, I know Nick's got the biggest news, so we're going to start with Nick. Well, yeah, I do have some big news, Um, and career related big news. This is true. Yes. I I wound up getting a position at Alfred University in Western New York, uh, and I'm absolutely thrilled to death on Cloud9. Don't expect to come down anytime soon, and we'll be moving there uh, in mid-2016. And um, again, I'm absolutely thrilled to death to to join Alfred, the community, the students, the university. I'm, you know, ecstatic, Uh, just permanent smile is is draped across my face these days uh, nothing can bring me down <laughs> <laughs> awesome so you'll be with us here in michigan with me here in michigan until uh, until next uh, summer fall and yep. then and then we will have a podcast that takes place from three different states that's true we'll still be in the same time zone though that's also true that yeah. will be convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Um, so great. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, yes, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, just um, uh, I was on uh, our, our our compadre Mike White's podcast recently. We recorded an episode on uh, a film from the 1970s that I absolutely love, um, and. Um, uh, called Death Game, and um, Eli Roth recently remade it as Knock Knock, and so we were we were comparing and contrasting the two, and and Mike was able to get some of the key personnel involved with that film, as Mike always is want you know so good at doing, and yeah. including you know one of my major crushes of all time, which was Sandra Locke, who uh, was interviewed for the for the uh, for the podcast. So that'll be dropping pretty soon, and that was that I'm really proud of that. It turned out to be a really excellent. Um, discussion of the film it was just mike and i it was sort of a special episode because we are really insanely crazy about um that that film death game it's just uh we're like the only two people we know that really <laughs> really go nuts for that movie it's so good um and the remake was very interesting it's with keanu reeves which you get who you guys know and listeners know that i have a definite thing for i love keanu i think he's great um the the film's a mixed bag uh but you guess you just have to tune into the podcast to uh to hear the discussion. Um, other than that, uh, the movie night hosting in Detroit's going absolutely fabulous. Um, we're in a, but by the time this episode drops, we'll be about a week away from our uh, last show of the, of the year, which will be a holiday themed double feature. Uh, and I'll talk about that more later. 
and uh, that's about it. And I'm and I'm sort of like uh, scoping out some future research, which is which is fun, you know, looking to as uh, my old, actually not my old, Chris and my old uh, advisor used to say, possibly chop down some trees. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a good. That's a good metaphor for it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So Mike White, his his uh, podcast is the Projection Booth for people who don't know. And um, we had Mike and uh, some of his compadres on uh, episode fifteen of That's a Wrap. So if you go back to November of two thousand thirteen, episode number fifteen, you can hear uh, those guys, Mike and uh, Rob St. Mary, on our podcast. So that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you're on there. That's that sounds good. I'll probably. I don't know the movie, uh, but I'll, I'll listen to the episode anyway. Very few do, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's, and in be- fact, one of the problems with the remake is that it distanced itself from the original. Now, I don't know what the economic or marketing or even legal reasons were behind that, but that was one of its biggest mistakes. It was that it uh, it didn't it didn't proudly sort of like you know advertise itself in any way as a remake of Death Game, and it's like a you know basically scene for scene remake. So weird, weird, weird. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. What about you, Chris? Oh, uh, it's been a busy, busy, busy semester. Um, uh, teaching, and I've gotten involved with um, a grassroots group called the Public Higher Education Network of Massachusetts, um, which is a political organization that um, advocates for free public higher ed here in the Commonwealth. Um so I've been getting very involved in that. We just uh, collected 128,000 signatures for what wow. was called uh, – yeah, well, everyone across – everyone involved with this effort um, collected these signatures for something called the Fair Share Amendment in which um, if it passes on the 2018 ballot, um, would tax everybody making over a million dollars, an extra 4%, and that money would be earmarked for transportation and higher education here in Massachusetts. Wow. So. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. So I've been getting involved with 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 that. Um, also, getting involved with uh, doing doing trying to get some more writing done and uh, get some publishing done. Um, had a couple of uh, opportunities sort of uh, flop into my lap. So I'm trying to take advantage of those. Um, do some writing and publishing, and so it's 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 been a it's been a very busy semester. It's been a, a great semester. You know, lots lots of projects going on. Um, starting to design a study abroad course uh, oh, cool. for a couple, yeah, for a couple of years in Havana. Um, oh, so, Havana, yeah, try, nice. Trying to, yeah, cool. yeah, trying to get that off the ground. So it's uh, it's been very busy, but um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's you know, it's been a glorious fall too here in Massachusetts. Uh, we hit peak color about a month ago, a uh, month and a half ago, and it was absolutely wonderful. So always always wonderful times. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, as for me, not a whole lot. Um, you know, just the, the usual end of middle slash end of semester stuff, but I have, I've been, I've been watching some stuff lately. I, I I was, uh, sick last month at some point for a couple of days. It's just kind of on the couch, dead, brainless, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, so I started, there's a lot going around, Eric. Yeah, this is yeah, this is about this is about a month ago now, but um 3 weeks maybe. But I ended up watching about 6 or 7 episodes of um of the Aaron Sorkin show on HBO, The Newsroom. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I watched uh, some of the newsroom. I know Nick's been talking about it forever, and I've been meaning to watch it. And I watched the first episode and said, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I watched about six, six seven, and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I know it's you know it's over already, and this, this might be old news to some people. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying that, looking forward to seeing the rest of it. And then I've watched the first eight episodes of Jessica Jones. Oh, you already finished it, eh? Nope, I just watched the first eight episodes. Oh, I uh, figured it was one of those wimpy little eight-episode seasons. I think it's 13, like Daredevil was. Um, oh, I haven't looked, but I think it's, I think it's 12 or 13. It's not eight. It's definitely, it's, there's definitely more to come. Uh, if what I just watched is the last episode of the season, I'd be very upset. <laughs> um, although, maybe I should look that up to see. But um, it's been, have, you, have you started it, Nick? No, not yet. I it's it's you know probably I don't know in the next week or so I'll, I'll be checking it out because I've heard good things so far. I actually and put I that like in my queue better. to watch. You did? I thought you hated superhero Marvel movies. I do, but yeah. I was convinced to watch it because David Tennant is the villain. I believe yeah. he is, and there was a um, a apparently a Doctor Who reference in episode eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't catch it. It's very subtle. I didn't catch it because I never watched. I've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who, um, but uh, I read about it on the internet just just a couple hours ago. I read this about this little you know kind of joke about about him being the Doctor. So uh, the first season is thirteen episodes, just like Daredevil okay. was, and it's a lot like Daredevil in the sense that I mean, it's in the same neighborhood. And uh, it's got the same kind of gritty feel to it, and it's you know it's not like the the Avengers movies where it, it where they're super high budget and special effects or virtually no special effects, just like in Daredevil. Um, it's more about character and about the neighborhood and stuff. It's it's actually quite good. I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Well, I will definitely uh, check it out, and yeah. I'm glad you're watching the the, the newsroom. I think yeah. it's 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 um. It's pros far outweigh its cons. Yeah. And um, uh, I still think Show Me a Hero was probably the best thing I've seen in, in, in a long, long time. One other thing I saw recently, and this might not be news to some people, I have this, uh, my friend Elle, she uh, turned me on to this uh, animated movie that, it was nominated for an Oscar, so it's obviously not underground or anything, but it's called Song of the Sea. It's an Irish um, animated film. Have you guys seen it? I've heard of it. No, it's gorgeous, man. I, I it was completely not on my radar, and and she was like, "You got to see this." So I, I watched it, and I was blown away. It's this gorgeous Irish animated film with this really cool music. It, it has to do with um, Irish folklore. Um, it, it it's really difficult to explain, but it's about this little girl who can turn into a seal, and it, it's 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 very whimsical, you know. It's um, it it really blew me away. I was like, this is amazing. This is actually absolutely gorgeous. So, Song of the Sea. It was nominated for the Oscar uh, last year, but Hero big. What's it called? Big Hero Six won, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not sure why. To be honest with you, um, you didn't like Big Hero Six uh, compared to this. It was, I mean, this was amazing. Uh, Big oh, Hero was it really? Yeah, I liked yeah. I liked Big Hero yeah. Six a lot. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. It was okay. <laughs> did you read, Did you read the manga? See, it's always, it's always. Did you read the manga? Did you read the comic book? Yeah, everyone always asks that <laughs> with, with, with everything. You know, it's well. Like, did you? No. Why would I? <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> 
yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of manga. Yeah. So I read the manga, and I, I I liked Big Hero Big Hero Six. It had it had its flaws, but yeah. uh, but uh, I'm just quickly checking out. Um, Song of the Sea, yeah. and this looks gorgeous. It's so stream- yeah, I'll watch it. I'll it's watch it. streaming on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, so I do, I do. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I've seen a lot of good stuff lately. I'm really, really happy about it. So that's good. And now we are on the second of December, and we're going to talk about holiday movies in a second here. Uh, before we go to our little uh, musical break thing before the principal photography, I want to remind you that you're listening to That's a Wrap. Um, you can find us at that's a wrap show.com. And if you want to go to Patreon and support us, you can go, uh, you can link from that's a show.com and do that. Um, we'd like iTunes reviews. You can find us at all the places you expect to find podcasts. I just thought I'd just throw that out there uh, because I always forget to. <laughs> right. No, good, good call. Yeah. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, let's go to Princess. Photography of episode number 40 of That's a Wrap. We are talking about holiday movies. We uh, purposely decided not to define what, whether this means um, movies that you watch at the holidays or movies that are holiday-themed or whatever. We decided just to have a real loose, fun discussion without any rigid kind of guide, guidelines. We're not even doing top fives. We're just going to talk about what we do. At the holidays, and for us academics, the holidays mean you know those couple of weeks where you don't have any classes, <laughs> you know, or you're hanging out with family if you have family to hang out with, you know stuff like that. So, um, I don't know where to start with this. I've got a little list. I think we all have a little list in front of us. But um, how do you guys want to do this? So who brought this up? I think Nick brought this topic to the table. How about you start, Nick? Well, I'd be happy to. Um... Well, you know, growing up in a in a pretty heavily media saturated environment, um around the holidays there was there was always some required viewing. And I, I guess I would I would I would start, you know, not there's no list or anything to this, but I probably start with the heavy hitters, really. Um I think it, for us as a as a family, there were there were like two films that were um the same film really, just different treatments from different eras. Um, that were watched multiple times. In fact, there were like traditions uh, around these films, which I'm sure is uh, not unique to my household. But everybody's got traditions regarding. To, but we would, um, I would, I would, you know, uh, my brother and I would wrap our presents to this particular film when it was on. And later on, as an adult, when you know VCRs and things came along, we, then we could actually w- watch it. Uh, whenever we wanted, uh, and uh, so it became a tradition to continue to wrap the presents. But now we didn't; it wasn't an appointment. You know, you could just wrap them whenever you wanted to. You didn't have to wait for the thing to come on television, and um, and we watched it Christmas morning too, back to back. And that's going back to Dickens here, and uh, you know, it's it's the multiple versions of a Christmas Carol. Now, in in our house, the the two most prized versions of a Christmas Carol were the um, musical uh, 
from the early 1970s, I believe 1970. I don't have the in front of me. Um, and uh, starring Albert Finney as as Scrooge, and uh, uh, with music by I believe Anthony Newley and Leslie Leslie Bercuse, which is outstanding. So the the musicals just became a a huge tradition in the house. We bought the LP. Um, we listened to the music. The music's really phenomenal. There's so many great little lines in that film that stem from the songs. Um, so the, the, the Albert Finney Scrooge musical is absolutely brilliant. And then of course the other, for us, seminal version of, um, of Dickens A Christmas Carol is the Alistair Sims version of A Christmas Carol from, and I'm not even sure I'm gonna have to look that up. Is it Chris, is it 1955 or 58 or something like that? Let's see. I'll bring it up as we talk right here. <laughs> um, it was 1951. I'm way off. Okay. 1951 with Alistair Sim. Um, that seems to be that was always sort of the very best. Uh, in fact, I remember uh, when I bought Danny Perry's alternate Oscars when it came out in around 1990 or so. That that particular year in 1951, he felt that Alistair Sims should have won the best actor that year for his portrayal of um, Ebenezer Scrooge in that particular version. So I got to tell you, man, like those 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 bring me so much comfort and joy those two versions uh there are many other uh, versions of a christmas carol that i that i enjoy um you know it's many of the made for tv ones and of course there's the reginald owen one from 38 i think uh something like that um and we've had things like uh robert zemeckis's christmas carol we've had um uh george c scott's and i didn't care much for patrick stewart's for some reason i don't I don't know why. I just I always love the Henry Winkler one. The American wasn't there one with uh, Kelsey Grammer too. Didn't care for that either. Yeah, um, and um, so I, I guess I get a little picky uh, when the because the musical I think was pretty really well defined. Um, unless you're going to really stray from it, say like with the Muppets or something like that. And and uh, but um, I'd say that those were the, the probably in in my kingdom in my universe the the the, the two most important. The the Finney's uh, musical and the Alistair Sim nineteen fifty one version. Nice, <laughs> good. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to start for sure. Yeah, classics, obviously, right? Yeah, I've seen live versions of that. You know, like in the like I saw one at o, uh, OU. Uh-huh. Um, Oakland University. I'm sorry. I was, uh, they did a live, you know, thing. I went with my family and saw it, and it was kind of cool, you know, um, stuff like that. What about you, Chris? I mean, you guys are the musical guys. Um, yeah. I mean, one of I. I are we doing this in any particular order? No. Cause I, okay, because I, uh, I have a musical on mine too, and it's kind of. Um, I guess it's I hate to be cliche. This is I think this is the only because I have a list of like five and it's the only musical on here. And it's the only one that's really, I guess, cliche and typical because um, I take I I took a very, very different approach to this because I don't particularly like the holidays. So I the the films that I really associate and watch every year, at the holidays tend to be a very, very darker, almost twisted approaches to holiday films. Um, however, this is the one exception, and that is White Christmas. Oh, um, yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's it this the, Friday, in fact, Chris. The, pardon me? 
seeing it this Friday, in fact, again. at the Red Redford That's Theater. Redford. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. yeah. The Redford Theater's been kind of doing uh, do, doing uh, these 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 revivals, and it's such a nice theater. It's such a, kind of a nice venue for 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 that, right? Yeah, um, that film, yes. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully it it snows, Nick, to add to your atmosphere. Uh, so White Christmas is the only musical that I have on there. I mean, of course, there were other musicals that we watched at the holidays when I was growing up, uh, like The Wizard of Oz or The Sound of Music, you know, those things that would come on um, NBC but, or, or, you know, whatever network had it. But White Christmas uh, is is really, you know, that for musicals goes at the holidays. That's the one that sticks out, you know, the, because you know, the music. And I think now especially being here in New England because it takes place in Vermont, um, you know, see, this is really a, a nice place to, to, to see the holidays because you have all of these little towns and they dress up really, really, really well for the holidays. So – it's kind of like being able to watch White Christmas and then go live and drive through White Christmas, which is <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of neat too. Um, so yeah, White Christmas is definitely that's the I think that's the only like traditional film that I have on my list um, as far as especially musical uh, goes for for a holiday themed. Uh, musical film every single time that film but the um, you know not to I'm I'm gonna make a joke and say spoiler alert but you know it's always funny to make say spoiler alert for 60 year old films or whatever but yeah uh, if there's there's somebody out here who hasn't seen White Christmas who listens to our podcast I'd be shocked I'd be shocked too yeah I mean it uh, at, at the end when Bing sings it and everybody comes together um just like they, just like they, the movie starts with White Christmas, they end it with White Christmas, and the the whole Redford Theater, you know, three hundred people start singing it too. Um, it's it's uh, it, it it's just one of those you kind of get a warm feeling, you know, like a, a, a communal feeling of of, of like really like endorphins go off in you. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. You, There's certain times explain. when that happens. No, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I know it's exactly. Like when they're singing Edelweiss and, and the sound of music, you, you know, right. when suddenly 300 voices just start singing a song, and there's like all these Christmas uh, ornamentation around you and lights and, you know, and that the Redford, they have the big um, uh, train set in front of the stage and the organ and everything. It just gives you the, like the, the the serious like the those warm fuzzies, you know, and you, you I guess you get a lump in your throat. That's the best way I could describe it. You get a little bit of a lump in your throat. No, that's 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 very true. And there's 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 those times and you said it well when you're kind of in this communal space and you're doing something together. Yeah. Um two weeks ago, uh, I went to go see a Prairie Home Companion um in uh Waterbury, nice. Connecticut. And at the at, right before the they went on the air, Garrison Keillor came out, and we all sang the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was kind of a moment like that, which is yeah. which is really weird because I'm not patriotic at all, but kind of singing it in that space with him for this kind of iconic Americana show with like 350 other people, it was one of those warm fuzzy moments. So. 
it, it's I, I know exactly I know exactly what you mean when it comes to trying, you know, everybody singing singing along on, on White Christmas. And it's 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 all the numbers in White Christmas are like that, right? Yeah. They they, okay. they all they're all things that if you grew up with the film you 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 sing along with it. So there's a lot of nostalgia imbued in that film. There is, yeah. It's it's uh, I it's a favorite of mine. I never get sick of it. Yeah, on, a, on, yeah. a, on a side note, um, what, what what was it like, the Prairie Home Companion? I've always wanted to, to do that. It was hands down one of the greatest live experiences I've ever had. Oh, yeah. man, I sure. loved it. Well, you also have to understand, I've been listening to the show for the better part of 15 years. And this show, um, I love old time radio. So there's a, a strong connection. This show got me through a lot of dark times. Um, it was kind of this, this comforting thing that I always would go to every Saturday, um, and hearing Garrison Keillor's voice and kind of listening to these stories, these characters, like the Dusty and Lefty and Guy Noir and all of that. Of course. So seeing it live was one of those bucket list moments for me. It was, it was quite a, just about as perfect as you could get. I mean, it was yeah. it, everything that you could think of it was, was, uh, it was, it was just absolutely sublime. I loved it. Yeah, that's no. cool. I've always wanted to see it. They come to Ann Arbor once in a while and I, I just had, and Detroit as well, but I haven't, I haven't made it. And you know, I mean, well, I would try like, soon because this yeah. is his last year he's retiring. Is exactly. it? Okay. Yeah. So I should probably do that. I had a weird thing with that. They do a Christmas, like he does a whole Christmas thing around Christmas where it's all Christmas carols and stuff like that. But um, I used to hate that show. I fucking, I used to, (laughs) as soon as I heard, seriously, there there was a point in my life where I heard Garrison Keillor's voice and I was like, turn it off, turn it off. Oh, I hate this guy. Could not stand it. Hated it. Hated everything about it. There is very little middle ground with Garrison Keillor. uh, As I found with seeing people on Facebook post about him, you either love a Prairie Home Companion like me or you either hate it. I don't know many people who are just ambivalent. But I came around. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. And I started listening to it every week. And yeah. now, and then I and then I'm in another turn, and now I just say eh, whatever. I listen to it when it's on, but uh, <laughs> but it's really weird because I hated it, and then and then I clicked. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. It's kind of cool, you know, the buttermilk biscuits. And, yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I hated it, and then I loved it. I didn't love it, but I, I, I would listen to it every every week, and now I'm like pretty indifferent to it, I guess. But I like to see it. I know our so uh, relationship with our our friend Bob Burgoyne doesn't like it. I think uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I I he had a thing on Facebook saying once saying something about how stupid it is. But I might be wrong about that because he's from Minnesota, so <laughs> I believe or live there. Anyway, it makes fun of a lot of those 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 tropes. And like yeah. I said, a lot of people legitimately do not like it. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't if you don't like that kind of comedy, yeah. Um, then it's just not going to be for you. And all I know about the actual production of it is from that Robert Altman film, right? You know, which is a great uh, film. That's pretty dead on. Is it really? That's what I was going to ask you. So that Robert it's Altman film pretty, pretty dead. De- on. Yeah. I mean, he comes out a little bit like t- a few minutes before the show starts. Mm-hmm. We sing a song. They sing a couple of songs, and then um, you know the chime that da 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 da. You know the Minnesota Public Radio. Yeah. We hear that live in the theater. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, that and pumped yeah, yeah, it, totally. yeah it does and this <laughs> is from american public media and then they hit it and then the little on-air light comes on and then rich dorsky starts playing the beginning to tishomingo blues and uh-huh. that's that's exactly it that's that's it, it's very very 
dead on, very close to what you what they saw in the what you saw in the film. That's cool. That's, That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I might cut this down in editing because it's not about the holidays, and I might not. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I edit less and less these days. You know, the other thing I want to talk about is is kind of you said you hate the holidays or you don't like the holidays, Chris. Um, I right. I. Um, I kind of agree. I'm kind of with you on that. I think uh, a little bit. Like we didn't have like like Nick. You started off talking about how you had this like family tradition of watching uh, the Christmas Carol and all that. Like we, in my family, like I, all three of us, our family celebrate Christmas. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So we all come from families that celebrate Christmas. We, I, I know we have a lot of listeners who probably do not uh, come from that tradition, who don't celebrate Christmas, but we all come from a, from that tradition. Um, but as far as, uh, movies or media at all, my family didn't have any of that, you know, maybe music a little bit, but we didn't watch, we didn't sit down and watch anything, you know? And in fact, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but my family, like we never watch movies ever. <laughs> no, like, I do know that very well. I was yeah. going to say, you mentioned that a couple of okay. times to me too. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I can only, I, I can think of a couple, the only films that I remember seeing as a kid in the theater with my parents were E.T., and Star Wars, uh, probably all three of the Star Wars, I imagine, but I, I don't remember. But that's about it. Like we, and then we we got a VCR back in the day, and and my sister and I would get films, but they never would. You know, it was really weird. So I don't even come from a movie family, so I don't have these like uh, childhood memories of watching films at Christmas time. You know, all all of mine come later. You know, and to me, I, this is completely cliche, but it's got it's always a Christmas story. You know, that's. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Is that, yeah. Chris uh, knows that very, very yeah. well. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I was in the play. Oh, you were? Yeah. They did a play, play the Stagecrafters Theater in Royal Oak. The Stagecrafters players did it, and I was I was the lead, actually. I was the adult version of Ralph what? narrating it. Yeah, yeah. I had over 600 motherfucking lines for that role, and it was it was insane. Oh, and my God. Yeah, I, the, yeah, the Red Rider, 200-shot car ran, 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 range model air rifle with the compass and the thing which tells time bell right into the stock. You guys, I am learning so much about you this today. I mean, we all we've all it's known secrets. each other. Yeah, for people who are new to the show, we've we've all known each other for quite a long time. We're all good friends, but I did not know this. This is oh, great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is delightful. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but that movie. I mean, you know, I know that they do twenty four hour marathons of it on cable and stuff, sure. and I, I, I'll watch it. I watch it every time, man. I love that movie. I think it's great. as do I. Fragile, you know. Fragile must be Italian. <laughs> So that to me, like when you say holiday movies, that's the first one that comes to mind to me. And I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, that's the one that comes to mind. Well, uh, for sure. Are you going you know? to riff on that and talk about it a little bit? Does that, uh, you think you've summarized it well enough? I, think, I mean, you know, everyone knows the film, I imagine. Right. You know, and it, it doesn't have a special meaning to me. I just think it's fun. You know, I just like it. You know, it's, it's like the whole getting the tongue stuck to the pole, no, you know, and the and everything. And I wonder it's just, how many you know, kids did that after seeing the film to see yeah, if it to would see happen. if it's real to see if it's yeah, real. Of course, yeah. yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do not want to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I'm like, um, I'm with, I'm with Chris in a way in that I'm not, I'm not super. Um, 
like uh, sentimental. I'm not sentimental about about Christmas in particular or about holidays. Um, it's 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 oops. I just hit my microphone. Um, you know, it's a time of year where you know I like getting together with my family and stuff, but yeah, none of that stuff really really hits me. That's uh, probably what it is for me is that the fact that I came from a pretty large family that's mm-hmm. pretty small now. So I think in many ways that when when I think back about the what you just said about you like getting together with your family, the holidays makes me sort of nostalgic for those. Uh, I understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's nostalgic because it's it doesn't happen anymore. Right, because yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I probably get a little bit of that now that my you know my dad's been gone now for about six years, and uh, his birthday is in December. So some of that's wrapped up for me now, you know, as an adult um, at the holidays. But that's that's a fairly new thing for me, I guess. You know, so there's that kind of nostalgia, and you know, yeah, you get a little wistful, I guess. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other things that I remember from from my childhood, there are things I do remember, like the uh, oh, you know those stop motion Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. Oh, I was uh, definitely going to bring those up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Breaking Bass, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, well, you probably know more about them than I do. Actually, uh, I didn't do any research for this today, but uh, I remember watching those those stop motion things. That, like, you know, stop motion can be kind of creepy sometimes, you know, but I love those things. And my sister and I would sit and watch those, you know, in our little TV upstairs, um, you know, just kind of, we love watching those things. And sure. uh, yeah, the Rudolph in particular, I, I remember quite well um, from my childhood. So I guess I do have a little bit of that, a little bit of that kind of tradition. Um, there's a Rudolph one and a Frosty the Snowman one that I recall. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, Frosty's not um, stop motion, it's animated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm with you, Eric. Um, like I said, I. I kind of consider the holidays pretty crass and bloated and garish. Um. <laughs> so, I, seriously, especially now. Um. So I mean, there's that. <clears throat> there's a little bit of that sentiment of of watching some of those TV specials when I was a kid, but really not 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 much of that. I mean, I'm not religious, so the 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 the, I guess the spiritual aspect of it just does not connect with me at all, um, and yeah, it just it. I'm not really sentimental when it comes to the holidays, so it's just to me, it's just kind of rampant commercialism. <laughs> um, so yeah, just not not a huge fan, not a huge fan of it. Yeah, so, so a lot of my a lot of the movies I like are, are a little bit later. Like uh, you know, just I don't want to really talk about it too much, but like uh, Elf, for example, with Will Ferrell. <laughs> you know, that's a movie that I enjoy watching at the holidays. You know, it's you know it's silly, you know, and all that. But um, yeah, you guys know that movie, sure. Yeah, yeah. yes, you know? Will Ferrell. You know, um, and that's why for me, some of them are kind of kind of newer, I guess. Um, yeah, so it's good that we we represent a kind of a spectrum almost of, of these things. But what else? Well, do you, what else can you say about those stop motion things? I was just gonna, yeah, I was gonna say that um, when it comes to Rankin Bass, yeah, I have uh, I've always been a big fan and and bought books on the Rankin Bass Studios, uh, and not to mention one of their for a very 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 long time. It was uh, nearly impossible to get your hands on a film that they did. Gosh, I think it was 67 or 68 called Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster Party. 
<laughs> that's, there you what, go. that's what their website sounds like when you go yep. to it. Oh, that's seriously? Great, great yeah. website, yes. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jules Rankin and um, and Arthur Bass, the uh-huh. uh, the guys behind that, and then of course the the, the songwriters as well. They, um, Mad Monster Party was really hard to get 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 a hold of for a very long time. I was dating a girl who had a copy of it on VHS, and believe me, that VHS was copied and 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 circulated. Because that was a really important film. I'd seen it when I was very, very young, like five or six, and one of those fuzzy memories. But uh, but apart from Mad Monster Party, yeah, just just Rudolph and the Year Without a Santa Claus and Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is one of my favorites with Mickey Rooney. Oh, well, you, um, oh, I know that Year Without a Santa Claus. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Heat Miser, yeah. Cold Miser. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just. Th- that again is wrapped up in this in the seventies as being a kid, and uh, but beyond the sentimental childhood attachment to it, I mean, Rank- Rankin Bass Studios were really, you know, a phenomenal, um, very important part of of history of of you know of the industry of the uh, and and of motion picture history. So uh, they accomplished so much. They great b- created these great worlds with these stop motion characters and. Um, you know, I became a huge fan of that stuff, and so I had listed that as as something to talk about. Whether it was yeah, Frosty, their their actual animation or their stop motion stuff. Um, I mean, God, we all know those songs, you know. I mean, we totally know those songs. Put one foot in front of the other, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. and uh, um, oh God, I love uh, one of my favorites. Uh, people either love this one or hate this one. Was uh, "Twas the Night Before Christmas"? That's one of my absolute favorites. I, is that the one yeah. with that those that that mouse who like yes, fucks up the clock the tower for for, for, <laughs> for your aunt for Lisa and and yeah uh, yeah 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 I know that one too. And you've got uh, Joel Gray in that one, and the songs in that are just so good. That's um, a pretty good one. It's yeah, I love that one. That I get really really sentimental. I watch that one frequently, and and of course. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that um, Matt and Trey from South Park were huge Rankin Bass fans, and their very oh, the very yeah. first South they ever did the, their pilot was this cheaply animated stop motion tribute to Rankin Bass, essentially. And uh, in my list here, my unofficial list, I have like you know I have it hyphenated. It says like Rankin Bass. Or it's not a hyphen, and then it's a forward slash. It says Rankin Bass forward slash uh, South Park because to me they're kind of grouped together. Because South Park has an entire collection of Christmas themed episodes, you know, with Mr. Hanky, the Christmas yeah. Boo, and um, you know, a whole, a whole like. In fact, they have a whole DVD with you know all seven or eight of their you know Christmas episodes. And so for me, it's just one big giant pile on of like awesomeness between Rankin Bass and the South Park stuff yeah no that makes sense I, n- I never made that connection but um the first you know i when i, I have a friend my, uh, my friend rob worked in the record industry and you know those in, in la and they're all everything's connected out there as you know and um one year he had this vhs tape and he was like check this out dude and it was this weird stop motion like kind of cutout thing of jesus yep. ice skating with brian <laughs> boitano and all this stuff and brian and it was like this thing and this is pre this is pre south park but it was just little like you know a couple i don't know how long it was something seven minute um uh video and i'm like this is crazy and that was the precursor to south park and they had made it and they had 
I guess, release it to their industry friends or whatever. And it got, you know, how it, things get copied. This is not quite pre-internet, but it was pre-file sharing, I think. Um, people were copying VHS tapes and, and giving them to people. And that's the first thing I saw. And I was like, and it's, you're right, it's very, very similar to the Rankin-Bass stuff for sure. Um, Actually, Eric, in, in one of the South Park um, episodes, mm-hmm. Uh, they do a whole sort of "Twas the Night Before Christmas" kind of episode, mm-hmm. um, and they at, at at one point during they actually sing the song. You know, uh, we'll do what's necessary because even a miracle needs a hand. You know, they actually mm-hmm. paid for that and got that song. And then as they're singing it, um, they they actually turn into Rankin Bass characters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's really and, clever. And, and That's cool. Style. Yes, and that in the animation style of Rankin Bass. So it's nice. They nice. clearly wear their their love for that on their sleeves. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that stuff, like, it, it, like I said, sometimes like that stop motion stuff, it can be kind of can be kind of creepy. You know, like it's kind of it's weird looking. You know, um, it's different. You know, I just I uh, just the other day I was um, at my uh, sister's house. She has kids. And they were watching this uh, SpongeBob SquarePants special, like some kind of, I think it was a holiday special. And, uh, you know, SpongeBob is traditionally animated. But this was like one of those kind of 3D animation things. I don't know if it was stop motion or not. It probably wasn't. It's, I think it was stop motion. It might have been just 3D animation. But it was creepy, dude. It was like, it was, I I was like, this is not right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that stuff. It's at the, I think it's the Uncanny Valley thing, perhaps, you know. But uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. I, I'm going to look for the Rudolph thing this year, and I'm going to try to because I haven't seen it in, a, in several years. I'm going to I'm going to find that and, and watch it this year. I think for sure. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, they did. Uh, Rankin Bass did the uh, the Hobbit. Yeah, sure. Both both animated uh, TV features. Yep. The only Hobbit worth watching. <laughs> you like that, huh? I just wanted to get that in there. I mean, the, their Hobbit. I know their Hobbit really well. I, I I've Me seen too. it many many times, and I didn't I I didn't I just connected that that they were it was the same people who did Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. It's, and, it's, and, it's, uh, it's and the Return of the King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, yep. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. I had the the records as a kid, you oh, know, yeah. and I used to sit there and, and, uh, listen to them. Cause it was like all the dialogue from the films and all the music and stuff. And, um, I still, you know, I've got the DVDs. I throw them on frequently, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The greatest yeah. adventure. Is <laughs> what else you guys got? Um, let's see here. I've got, uh, another one. I guess this is where I kind of <laughs> delve into really offbeat stuff. Um, one I guess another film that it takes place at the holidays, and it's got a really creepy song in it, and that's um, um, Bob Neem's The Odessa File. I don't know that. Yeah, I think I have it's the based on, it's, but I don't know if I've ever seen the film. I know I haven't. Um, it's based on Frederick Forsyth's novel about a German. It's got John Voight in it and Maximilian Schell. And yes, I have the score. Is it Goldsmith? I think it's Goldsmith. I'll yeah, look it up. <laughs> I think. Well, there's a so it's it's about kind of this German reporter who who encounters a um, a Holocaust survivor who commits suicide, and then once he starts reading um, all about the um, 
the the guy's diary, finds out that this guy was in the he was in a, a concentration camp, and he encountered the butcher of Riga, and he infiltrates the Odessa, which is this kind of secret society of um, SS officers who basically escaped after after the Allies liberated um, liberated the concentration camps, and World War Two was over. And it's it's a it's a pretty dark film. I I. I I I love the film. It's 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 pretty pretty dark though. What the hell? Chris? And there's a there's a song <laughs> in it called Christmas Dream, which it's it. Funny enough, the song was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I just but it was, yeah, that's why I have that score. Yeah, it's performed by and it's performed by Perry Como. <laughs> um, and this is it's what? it's kind of your your I guess it's a decent enough Christmas song, but within the context because then he's got this boys choir that sings it in German, and within the context of the film, it's very very creepy. It's very unsettling, I should say. Um, and that's uh, it's an unsettling movie. Uh, the whole concept of Odessa is an unsettling concept, right? These what's, these people who what's it called? Know, what's the name of it? The Odessa file. Odessa file. What the fuck, man? This is great. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I have a very twisted list when it comes to holiday favorites. So, okay, Nazi war criminals, SS guys who have escaped, and there's a song in it. Explain well, there's, it. there's a, a song sung by Perry Como. Sung by people. Perry Como, written by Android Lloyd Webber, who did yep. the score. Who did the, who did the yeah. score? Tell me about yeah. the song. Tell me more about the song. Go to YouTube and bring up the song Christmas Dream by Perry Como. All right, Christmas Dream. Christmas Dream, Perry I, Como. Just a file. It, uh, it auto I do love Perry Como, I must say. I just typed in CHR, and it went Christmas Dream, Perry Como, just a file. Yeah. That's weird to me. All right, let's see here. Yeah, play some of this. Watch me now, here I go, all I need's a little snow. Starts me off, sets the theme, helps me dream my Christmas dream. Every year I dream it, hoping things will change. I really like it. <laughs> it's a good song, but when you think about... Can you think of, it's, it's a German, too, at the end. It's a beer barrel polka, yeah. yeah. It is a beer barrel polka. It is a beer barrel polka. But near the end of the song, there's Germans. Hold on. So towards the end of the song, what? They're singing in German, too. Okay. The choir is. Yeah, so, but the song kind of, when you when you think about the song and you think about its placement within the film, it does kind of have this... Um, how do I how do I say it? I, I I may I may butcher my explanation here because I'm tired, but it kind of has this um the like the um <laughs> I'm having a hard time explaining it. Let me let me let me uh, let me bail you out for a second. Unsettling here. Let, it's, let, it has an unsettling feeling the way they sing it. I'm gonna bail you out with 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 YouTube comments. Um, Someone says, but of course they chose the song because the children singing evokes the Nazi era of the Hitler youth, the corruption of yeah. innocence. Does that sound? Yeah, does that sound yeah, accurate? yeah. That, okay. That's pretty much it, and and that's how it figures. That's how it kind of places in the in the, in the film, and this this corruption of innocence, the corruption of 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 Christmas. Uh, again, that's why I, I think that's why I like it. Um, uh. 
it's it's a very twisted reason to like a movie, but it it it, it is why I like it. Um, okay. So I yeah, I don't know this film at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out, man. This it's interesting. Bad. It's it's. I mean, it's a young John Voight, um, and I think that was pretty much when he was at his best, rather than now. Um, but uh, I really like the and the book is Fred, Frederick Forsyth wrote the book, and he also oh he's written a couple of other other well known um books but um oh he wrote he wrote day of the jackal that's it right, day right, of yeah. Jackal. yeah okay frederick Forsyth. so the book and the book is really good too um so uh yeah that's that's i i've got a couple okay. of others that are uh, also whoppers yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they're not they're not upbeat films so <laughs> yeah but, um well, since we're on the topic of weird Christmas films, I, I've got one. Um, it's a Finnish film called uh, Rare Exports. Do you guys know this one? I have never even There's heard probably, of it. I, I've, I've seen it before on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a blast. I thought total blast. I've never I've never heard of it. It's uh, it's from 2010. It's very called, good. It's called Rare Exports: A Christmas Tale. It was it was on Netflix streaming. Um, I don't think it is now, but it's uh, this Finnish film where basically um, <laughs> Santa Claus is this evil force, and it starts off with this. There's this American company uh, excavating a mountain in Finland. Mm-hmm. And they find this frozen tomb, and uh, the boss knows that it's the tomb of Santa Claus, a terrible creature known for tearing apart naughty kids. And uh, so he wants to like rob the tomb of Santa Claus, right? Because there are riches in there, you know, and all this stuff. And and you know, from there, all hell breaks loose. Uh, it it it's so so weird man it's uh it's really gruesome and he's got these um it's it, it takes place with these reindeer farmers these people are reindeer farmers they they farm reindeer um and uh yeah <laughs> yeah people, i guess that's what reindeer farmers yeah, do. <laughs> yeah they, they farm reindeer and uh yeah, people start ending up dead and then there's these weird the elves are these weird skinny old naked dudes with these beards and makeup this is my kind of film oh man it's so it's this a good is one. my kind of christmas film yeah it's i first saw so it on netflix weird. and then looked it up and and saw that it had some pretty impressive ratings yeah <laughs> it's something man it's something and i was like i'm all over that whoops yeah. sorry about that I, my computer's making noise here it's okay it's it yeah, it's it's great and then like, there's this um and, and the thing about santa claus is like his what this guy does is he he punishes people for for doing bad things, you know, especially kids, right? So like each employee of the uh, of the of this company, they get these like safety instructions, and it says no drinking, no smoking, no cursing, no loitering, no cavorting, no arguing. <laughs> these little cards, you know, because like they don't want Santa Claus to come kill them, basically. Well, it's, it's interesting so- though because in I know in the Netherlands. Their like their version of the Santa Claus myth is nothing like ours, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and, and they they celebrate like I guess Santa. Their version of Santa Claus is actually the Archbishop of Turkey, okay. and he comes on Saint Nicholas Day yeah, and things about that. And uh, yeah, and he um, David Sedaris did this whole piece on it. That's and what it was. I think that's you said that, it. yeah six yeah, and then I guess. 
on on Christmas or on St. Nicholas Day, the the Archbishop of Turkey either will bring toys if you're good, and if not, he'll the the legend of course is that he'll stick you into a sack and pretend to kick you and then haul you back to Spain. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the whole idea of Santa hurting kids if they're naughty and kicking them and taking them to Spain away from their parents that I mean the Netherlands and Finland are really not that far apart right. so it's not an unbelievable idea considering the context of the where in the world this film was from yeah yeah uh, well, I'll tell you what, guys. I um, I did a review of this film on the uh, Odeon Review in 2012. I'll link to it in the show notes at thatsrapshow.com, and you can see my review, and there's a clip from it as well. Um, oh, so good. Check it out. It's uh, it's something else, man. It's it's Yeah, and Eric, I'll send you that David Sedaris piece. You'll get a kick yeah. out of it. That's yeah, very funny. Yeah, speaking of David Sedaris, I mean that's another holiday thing. Like his um, story, not that story. I would love to hear that. Sandaland Diaries. Yeah, Sandaland Diaries, where he's like the elf. <laughs> you know, like that's that's a Christmas tradition now, right? I watch that. Yeah. I I read that every yeah. year. I was like when like, I'm done with grading exams, I pour myself a big eggnog and I read the Sandaland Diaries. Yeah, mm. I just listen to the uh, story about him being an elf on on NPR or like wherever I can find it online, <laughs> basically. But yeah. Oh man, that's good stuff. Nick, I know you got some weird stuff, some stuff you're showing this week, I think, or next week, or two weeks. Yeah. Well, um I would say that there's, you know, if I wanted to get around to the last things I jotted down here, there's some stuff that um I am going to be showing in two, in two weeks from now. Uh it's December 2nd today, is that right guys? Yeah. yeah. And um uh, but before I do, I would probably say I would be remiss in, in not rattling off a few a few more that don't really need much explanation except maybe the first one. But certainly not to you guys because you know me too well. And that would be another really serious personal favorite of mine is Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's no because, surprise there. Yeah, yeah. of Natalie Wood. Yeah. Um, and John Payne and Maureen O'Hara and and in general just the, the entire cast in the film I find to be charming. It's one that I watched as a kid again growing up and and watch it uh, really religiously. Uh, and I, I always start the first day I pull it out is Thanksgiving or right but the night before Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. the film has a clock of a month on it. It starts uh, the film starts on the Thanksgiving Day the parade the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. That's right. New York City, and then it ends on Christmas Day, uh, uh, Christmas morning, I should say, after a party when they're, when they're driving home. So it's got a, basically a, a month is the clock on the film, uh, which is also very believable that John Payne and Maureen O'Hara sort of really fall for each other too in that in that period. Um, and that's just you know, hey, it's it's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, when I was in New York City two years ago for the first time as an adult, um, I had my friend Eddie. He's he, many. Things that we wanted to do, but one of the first things I said was, "I need to go to 34th Street." <laughs> he looked at me. He goes, "You want to see Macy's?" I said, "Yep." <laughs> Very important for me to see Macy's. He said, "Okay." Um, but- yeah, and I'm actually going to New York City next a week from Saturday, and that's going to be one of the first things I do is go look at the Macy's window. Nice. Yeah, I can only imagine how 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 like awesome it's going to look. Uh, I but I didn't have that uh, that thrill because it was. Um, June, I think. So <laughs> it didn't work. But um, 
having said that, I would just like to say that there's there's also a lot of contemporary films from from the 80s really that um have a a real Christmas flair to them that uh I love to put on. In fact, I'll put them on kind of in this order and just briefly without having to go into any detail unless you guys want to comment on it. I love to put in Lethal Weapon, Trading Places and Die Hard, which are all very strong sort of Christmas films. Uh-huh. Yeah. Die Hard, you know what? Die Hard did not uh cross my mind when we were thinking about this, but yeah, especially the first one. Yeah, it takes place on Christmas Eve. Such a, yeah, that's I mean it it's got this real cuz there's uh in the limo he's singing I think Let It Snow. Like, oh, there's, there's a lot ton, of yep. there's a lot of Christmas yep. music in there. Oh yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen Die Hard in many many years. I'm going to watch that soon. Well, I originally had that down for the film we were going to watch in two weeks at the at the movie night but mm-hmm. um i figured it was just a bit too almost too common in that you know you you can put on tbs and see a diehard marathon you know yeah. and that's not too not too hard to find it so i i actually decided to to change it up and i guess that's what we were leading to unless you guys wanted to say something about lethal weapon trading places or diehard <laughs> which are pretty self-explanatory yeah have heavy christmas themes running through them um but yeah i guess uh, in closing on my on, on my side um I, i'm screening two films that I, I absolutely adore one is called cash on demand uh which is 1961 it's a hammer film from from the legendary hammer studios of, of britain uh and uh, most most well known for their thrillers their gothic horror uh, the sci-fi, fantasy, prehistoric films, but uh, occasionally they did some noir, and occasionally did some things like um, oh, swashbuckling pirate stuff, and occasionally they just did some straight-up dramas. Uh, and Cash on Demand, for the listeners who are not familiar with this, is absolute little masterpiece of a film. Cash on uh, Demand. I don't know it. Cash on Demand. Is, I don't know this film either. Well, it's a riff on A Christmas Carol. Okay. Uh, and, and and basically, um, the the idea behind it is that there's it's it's kind of a heist film, um, and and it's and it's it's, it's and, and therefore it's sort of really suspenseful. Uh, Peter Cushing is a bank manager, and um, Andre Morel is basically robbing the bank. Um, and with I, I mean that's actually that's the whole setup you really need to know. Uh, if I tell you that you know Peter Cushing's a, a bank manager whose family's being threatened, Andre Morel is the person who is pulling off the heist uh, and threatening his family, and that it's a riff on the entire Scrooge mythos, the idea of redeemable characters, you know, okay. irredeemable characters that are redeemable, um, then that's kind of I know it sounds weird, but it's you know you should look it up on IMDb or something. I mean, it, it's just. Cash on Demand is such a very little well-known but really, really, really awesome Christmas film. And I'm pairing that with John Waters' favorite Christmas film of all time, which is called Christmas Evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which our good friends at Synapse put out years ago with the John Waters commentary because it's his favorite Christmas film of all time. And Christmas Evil is not really well-known either, which is a pity. Uh, Christmas Evil is not exactly – it's sort of like billed as a slasher film, like with all the other sort of like Santa slasher flicks. But it's much more complex than that. It's really kind of a, a very tense psychological uh, thriller with, with – but with a real heavy psychoanalytic mix thrown in and okay. a really unexpected ending and 
just some like really great primal Freudian moments that uh, you know from that imprint your, themselves so heavily on you when you're a kid on your as a, on your psyche as a kid, and so that's that's kind of what makes Christmas Evil so great. Uh, and and both of you would love both of these films, and so that's what we're doing in two weeks down in Detroit. And it's a great way to end the year. I, I hope I'm hoping a lot of people show up because it's those are two really great movies. Cool, cool. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Uh, I love John Waters. I don't I don't know Christmas Evil, but I do love John Waters. So I I will I'm going to try to go down there and see that. That sounds great. Good. No, there's so much. Yeah, there's two great films, Eric. Cool. They'd be well worth your time. They're they're um they're just not well known, and that's why I went. Yeah. I'm like, geez, Die Hard's a little too well known. And originally, I was going to yeah. do Die Hard. And Mickey's Christmas Carol and Twas the Night Before Christmas. Oh, Mickey's Christmas Carol is another good one. Oh, and then it's a beaut. And, and, uh, but I, I just reconsidered it and thought, you know, why people, it's going to be hard to get them to come out of their houses yeah. in mid December to go down and see something they could pretty easily see on their, on their TV. So. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, you know, there, there might be a case to be made that, that people aren't seeing it as much now as, as when we it came out, but I think you're right. You go through the, you've been doing a lot of cult stuff. I mm-hmm. think that, um, people come out to see the stuff they haven't seen. Right. You know? And I think that's, I think that's a, that's a good, um, that's a good call. Good. Yeah. Cool. And the only, the only other two films that I had to quickly contribute on yeah. these, this list of films that I watch every year are, are both eyes wide shut and Gremlins. Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, Gremlins, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grem- Gremlins again. Eyes Wide Shut takes place at the holidays. Uh-huh. And the way Kubrick lights the it, it kind of sums up what I think the holidays are all about. Kind of it, it kind of this this nothing but these bright, intense lights and uh, artificial Christmas trees scattered throughout and it just it's a I love the film because it takes place at the holidays. I tend to watch it this year, uh, every year around this time. Um, yeah, no, Eyes Wide Shut and Gremlins. I haven't seen either one of those films in a long time. And, but yeah, they're both, they both take place around the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gremlins is a very strong uh, Christmas film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I should rewatch that. And Nick, do you have anything else you wanted to add in terms of movies you watch at the holidays? Yeah. Or- mm-hmm. I mean, that was the, that was, you know, there was a, there's a bunch more, but like, you know, I mean, that's kind of like gremlins would have certainly been on the short list too. I love, yeah. as you guys know, I love Joe Dante. So, um, but no, that's, you know, it's just, I, I, uh, like Chris, I'm, I love watching white Christmas. That's, um, that, that one's kind of like a, a very warm, soothing bubble bath. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, it's just fun to watch. It's, uh, it's, it, and, and kind of cringeworthy at times with some of the, you're looking at some of the sort of contrivances of the plot, and 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 you're like, you know, between um, uh, Bing and uh, uh, oh, help me out here, um, Danny. No, no, his love interest. Uh, oh, uh, 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 oh, shit! What the? Uh, what's, her, what's her toes? Um, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. Yes, yeah. thank you. Him and Rosemary Clooney. Uh, there's all the sort of like convenient misunderstandings, and all, you know, and it's like it's almost like a Three's Company episode uh, with some of the plotting. You know, oh, the plot, the plot. You cannot take the plot of that film seriously. It's silly. Yeah. It, no, it, it's, it is. It's, it, it's silly. silly. It's it's it's, very, it's I, very silly, but it's it's and and but you know you, you, your eyes roll back when it came out, and as much as they do today, it's not about that. 
uh, you know, you don't watch at all. Videos plot. In no, that, you know, no, it's, but it's it's uh, those are the types of films that I really love to to put on this time of year. Yeah, yeah that's really the only feel good film that I watch, but it's a good one. On a on, on a related note, um, Netflix is releasing something um, on the fourth, which is two days from when we're recording, called "A Very Murray Christmas" with Bill Murray. Do you know about this? I've heard about this. Yeah, I've seen yeah. the I've seen it on IMDb. Um, if you guys are interested, uh, I, depending on on your schedules and everything. We might be able to tack on maybe a, another like really quick discussion of that over the weekend if you guys want to watch it. It comes out like this week. And I was planning on watching it anyway because it looks really fun. Yeah. And Sophia yeah. Coppola did it. Oh, she did? Oh, I love her. Yeah. Although it's got <laughs> it's got <laughs> Miley Cyrus is in it. Miley Cyrus is great, man. I love Miley Cyrus. Uh, uh, really? Yes, really. I think Miley Cyrus is wonderful. She seems so genuine to me. And, oh, I, and I deplore her with every with everything uh, that I, I have. I, I think Miley Cyrus is great. I I think this she's totally needs to be in the podcast. You better not cut this stuff out. <laughs> no, this is staying. Yeah, <laughs> this is staying. Uh, it's got a very eclectic cast because you've got everyone from Michael Sarah to George Clooney uh-huh. to um, Amy Poehler. To Jason Schwartzman, I like all those to, people except for to, Jason I, to Miley Cyrus. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like pretty much everyone in there except for Miley Cyrus. Oh, it's man. not um, exactly my hit list either, but I would watch it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, it's Bill Murray. It's I mean, how can you not like it? Well, Bill and I have a complicated relationship. You do. Well, maybe yeah. we should do this then because I love Bill Murray. But um, oh, I love them. I just don't know which Bill Murray. You know, yeah, the- yeah, 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 yeah. Is he gonna phone it in? Is he gonna? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna yeah. be you know really. I'll never forget like the the moment when Bill Murray figuratively uh, in in my head sort of like might have jumped a shark or something was when. He was doing an interview on Stripes, one of the films really responsible for catapulting him into, you know, leading man, comedic leading man territory. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's face it. Uh, prior to Stripes, uh, Meatballs was a very modest success and, uh, you know, really didn't penetrate much in terms of the, the national psyche. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Caddyshack was sort of concurrent with with Stripes and he was a supporting character. So. And he was doing the interview in like this in in, in like a black light <laughs> room, and he, he wasn't really like I don't know he must have been really drunk or something I don't know but I thought <laughs> okay he was not doing the this every film, interview was, I which aged with really him well you know, it was a great slips. movie and it was just sort of like and, and it was right around the time that Bill's behavior was getting sort of very I couldn't quite figure out who who is this guy you know uh, I, this guy that I grew up with that I thought I knew so well. Uh, and then he kind of just righted the course again. Uh, it was sort of like a little interesting diversion into a, a Murray world where I didn't know what the hell was going on for a while. <laughs> okay. And uh, back on track. But of them sitting in a room, hanging out, waiting. It might be like a waiting for Godot kind of thing because I don't know if you've seen her last few movies, but holy moly, is there a lot of just empty time? <laughs> just kind of... Ooh. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, she's kind of been doing that thematically, yeah, hasn't she? Yeah, and I love Sofia Coppola, but you gotta have some patience some of her, her, some of her stuff. Too. But anyway, um, now that we've done this, I'll I think 
I think we should like grab. Okay, so uh, here we are. Here we are a couple days later. Uh, we have all watched the very Murray Christmas on Netflix, and we thought we'd weigh in on it for uh, for a little while to, uh, you know, just kind of weigh in on it, I guess. So um, I want to say before we start real quick that I was surprised the other day that we none of us mentioned um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh, yeah, well... Yeah. Charlie Brown, yeah, that's probably so ingrained that I just forgot to. It was almost, Same. <laughs> almost yeah, Charlie Brown for me was a gimme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably why. But you know you know, people will call us out if we don't mention it, so now it's now consider it right. mentioned. So, uh, yeah, we, exactly. yeah, so we all watched The Very Merry Christmas on um, Netflix, which came out the 4th of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a couple days later. And um, what would you guys think? <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, okay. Unless I was going to try to bait Chris a little bit, but uh, but you want to bait, bait me? <laughs> I was going to try go to for bait, it, bait you on the, on the Miley Cyrus thing, but um, oh god, bait me! Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to talk about Miley Cyrus. I want to talk about her, but yeah, go for it. Um, I I think she and George Clooney were the best, definitely the best parts of it by by a long shot. Uh, George Clooney cracked me up and i i was going to try to play some of the sound clips from it but i can't my computer's having some trouble but i will probably splice in the part where he's going santa needs some love in her santa claus wants some love it was creepy actually yeah that's why i liked it yeah. <laughs> it was creepy yeah um, and then I was going to lead in with the Miley Cyrus's version of uh, Silent Night, but again, mm-hmm. I, I might just put, I might edit that in. So um, that's not, it's pretty weak baiting for Chris, but because uh, in the previous segment you said that you hated Miley Cyrus, I was wondering if this changed your mind. Um, <laughs> He's completely converted now. Yeah, yeah. This one Christmas special where she sings Silent Night, which I don't even really like Silent Night. Um, no, she did a duet too. Yeah, she'd do it. Um, no, I mean, she's so. It's weird because she does. I mean, she has a really good voice. I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I don't think that anyone can disagree or thinks that she's got a shitty voice. But, um, I mean, she's she's gone so far over the edge to try and maybe separate herself from from Hannah Montana that she just completely made a farce of herself. You know, the posing. You know, she recently posed nude for some. Some other 
uh, other uh, magazine uh, where you see everything. There's nothing left to the imagination. Um, so she's just, I mean, Miley Cyrus is just kind of a, a train wreck. And then her whole little bullshit thing at the VAs. Um, yeah, she's just a train wreck. She's a travesty. Uh, so no, I, I'm not converted to Miley Cyrus. Um, I mean, I thought that the special was cute. I thought that George Clooney was, you know, George Clooney and suave and, and all of that. He was a little creepy with the, the you know, peeking out between the, you know, behind the thing that the, <laughs> the Santa needs the loving. Wow. Yeah, you know, creepy ass saying I need some loving that that. <laughs> that Which was, was, yeah, I mean, I see Eric's appeal uh, to it. it was it was it was creepy and therefore effective. Yeah, yeah, it was it was effective. But I mean, I thought it was I thought it was cute. I thought it was a Christmas special. Did I would I ever watch it again, or would it become a holiday tradition? No, probably not. Um, no, it, 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 I couldn't understand why some people played themselves. But then you have like Jason Schwartzman playing Elliot. Why doesn't yeah. Jason Schwartzman just play Jason Schwartzman? What the fuck? Why is why well, does they, he have they, to have somebody else? Yeah, I mean it was a weird mix of narrative and uh, self reflexivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't get it. I just I don't know. Maybe um, I thought it was, cute, but I just didn't get it. Nick, yeah. what do you well, think? I'll reply to specifically what you guys are talking about, which was the Clooney and Cyrus. Clooney and Cyrus, I thought were fine. Uh, kind of high points. My favorite part was Chris Rock. Actually, he was great. Um, yeah, that I was good. Chris like set a great tone for the whole thing. Yeah. And, although not not musically, because it's like he was singing key on purpose. Right. Uh, and uh, and then when they you know lost power, he runs the hell out of there, which I thought was just you know really very clever and funny and just a good way to start things off. Um, and I and I thought Miley was great. I don't share Chris's um, dis- disdain of of Miley. I like Miley Cyrus. I don't have any problems with her. I kind of you know I find I, I don't know. I find like this this sort of very early twenties. Um, you know, breaking free of the shackles of, of Disney or Nickelodeon, whatever, whatever network her show was on and being Billy Ray's daughter and just sort of uh, going, you know, many notches over the top in her sort of coming out party to be kind of part and parcel of the whole early 20 celebrity things. Nobody really handles it with a whole lot of grace these days. Um, And, um, Comparatively to people like Justin Bieber, she's probably done it better. I'd say. Well, and okay, so, all right. If you want to compare her to Justin Bieber, fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this, in this, in this they're, they're pop stars, you know, uh, that are right. So, I mean, right. um, in they're they're comparable in that respect, and uh, and they both had their troubles, and although his more with the law, and I don't know, so I just don't keep up on it. I mean, I'm just too old, so I don't yeah. really, and I don't have kids, so I don't really know what's going on anymore. But um, so those are my thoughts on on uh, uh, Miley and Clooney. The show, I think Chris used the right, right word. For me, I thought it was cute. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was sincere. But some of the cameos I thought integrated well, and some I thought were forced. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, it almost felt like Sophia forcing in Rashida Jones and Jason Schwartzman just because they're pals or something. And Amy Poehler, as much as I love Parks and Rec, she just always annoys me for some reason. Oh, um, 
personally, but I mean, I'll watch anything with her because I won't let that get in the way. In fact, I wound up absolutely loving Parks and Rec, but she just kind of annoys me. And she annoyed me in this and the person opposite her who was on the cell phone the whole time. Well, you know, when they come to George Clooney's, uh, sorry, to Bill Murray's room, she was annoying. Oh, they were meant to be a network executive annoying. So that, that they, they pulled that off. Um, yeah, I, and I think also Chris nailed it when he said it's not exactly one that I'm going to return to. Um, and it's I didn't get the warm fuzzies from it. And in fact, there were a couple parts where I didn't even know the damn songs that were being played. I'm like, what is this song? I never heard it before. Yeah, and then I'm, as much as I love Todd Rundgren, I'm not sure listening to Jason Schwartzman and uh, Rashida Jones sing uh, I Saw the Light, you know, just seemed a little weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, it felt I don't know thrown together especially towards the middle of it you know the end I thought was great I thought Chris Rock was great but yeah everything in the middle felt really forced the setup to the Rashida Jones and Jason Schwartzman thing was way too long you know it was very uneven I'm not sure what they were thinking to be honest with you um, and, we, and then you know we watched it with the 11 year old and you know there are two mm-hmm. f bombs in there, you know you don't why why are you swearing in a Christmas special you know it, did, uh, uh, it was a TVMA just to just to they did have a disclaimer that it was mature audiences why swear in a Christmas special you know what I mean like like two f bombs that's easy yeah. to get it's easy to it's easy to not do that yeah. yeah yeah right exactly it's, it's not south park you know it's a perfectly cute and fun christmas special with two f words in it you know yeah. it's not like it's it's not, it's not like there's other stuff for the tvma and i think that i mean yeah it's tvma but why is it tvma why is it? Yeah, exactly you that's know? your point yeah although she probably lived right <laughs> No, it's, yeah. it's fine. I just like it's it's a it's a it's a, maybe I'm just getting old and, and cranky, but it's the same it's the same conversation we had about Iron Man and about Marvel movies and and about movies that are ostensibly at least four kids are also four kids where you get these um you know like an Iron Man three when when Tony Stark calls a kid a pussy you don't have to be a pussy you don't have to say that you can say you don't have to be a wimp you know mm-hmm. stuff like that where it's just I'm not sure what what the calculus is there you know but i don't know i mean one of them was chris rock and of course you expect chris rock to swear but i'm just like you could probably not but the other one was from the exec yeah i was getting in the elevator and she's too much and i'm like yeah too much that was the first f bomb i I have to be honest with you i kind of did a double take and said really is that how you want to start um i'm with you on that yeah i mean if you're gonna do that do it and do it all the way and make it a yeah, I mean, make like it South a TVMA. Clearly, they, right. <laughs> you know, it's no old hard, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah. um, I kind of like, I, I thought the heart, the show's heart was in the right place though. And I think that's what, yeah. um, regardless of, of, of how it was put together. And it did seem a little patchwork at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm glad I watched it and I had fun yeah. with it. You know, um, it was a little. I think it was because of Murray. Really, yeah. I think he's he sold it the best the whole, the whole way through. Um, yeah, it just didn't seem like it. Whether it wanted to be like a special, like this kind of like backstage musical type thing, or whether it wanted to be kind of they had a, they they tried to put in that narrative that that wedding thing was so stupid. What was the point of that? Why yeah. couldn't you just keep it a Christmas special? Make it. Make it like the Kenny Rogers Christmas special or the John Denver Christmas special where they just sing songs 
Um, but the that stupid wedding narrative was it was dumb. Um, Nick, you said it well. It felt forced. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just didn't laugh a lot. As far as the swearing goes, I mean, you know, I I didn't. I didn't notice. I, I mean, I noticed it obviously, but I just sort of eh, raised my eyebrows. Like, okay, I did notice that it was TMA, so I expected there was probably going to be some some profanity, which you know, something from that's from Netflix. That's an original Netflix that's rated TVMA. I would expect that there would be some 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 profanity. You know, that's right. just yeah, kind of, the TMA slipped by me, so I I guess I didn't even notice that. And then I noticed it when I was bringing it up on Netflix. I, yeah. I, and I, again, I actually you're, you're, saw it. I said, "Oh, TVMA, that's interesting." Okay, whatever. Yeah. But I think you're looking at it backwards. You know, it's not like, "Oh, it's TVMA," oh, so why? of course there's there's swearing. It's like, no, it's TVMA because there's swearing. And why make right. a TVMA Christmas special when you could avoid the MA by getting rid of two words? <laughs> why right. why not have a Christmas special for adults then? Exactly. Why not? Why, 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 why does not every go, Christmas special have to have kids? Got to be for kids. I mean, not to mention, if I was gonna, I mean, okay, you watch it with the eleven-year-old. If I was gonna watch this with my five-year-old, he wouldn't get the humor. He wouldn't know who anybody is. Maybe he'd know right. who Bill Murray is, um, just because he's my kid. But you know, he he's not gonna find it. He's not gonna get entertained by it. He's just gonna see a bunch of people he doesn't know singing Christmas songs and Chris Rock sing, singing it very flat. Um, <laughs> With funny looks yeah, on his face. On purpose, right. But, yeah, but exactly. Chris, but Chris, yeah. what I'm saying is that two F words doesn't make it for adults. It just makes it, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do it for adults and just pitch it to adults, yeah, give me some nudity, man. Give me more swearing. Give me <laughs> some sexual innuendo, you know? I mean, like, yeah. you say, why put F bombs on a Christmas special? Now you want nudity? Well, well give me one or the you other, have man. Cake and eat it too. Give me one or the other. Because if you took out those two F words, it would be the same special. The same show, yeah. Exactly. It would be the same show. It's not integral to to the thing. So so why not make a TV? What's under MA? Why or I don't know. What the, uh, I don't know PG, what the, I think. Yeah, PG. Yeah. Why not make a TV PG mm-hmm. or a TV Y? If you're gonna do that, they, they seemed out of place to me. And uh, I mean, if there was wall to wall swearing, I'd get it. But yeah, it was sure. Just those two awkwardly placed. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they even referenced the fact that when she says the F drops the F bomb in the hallway, trying to get on the elevator elevator. She's like too much. And, and, and yeah. I was kind of thinking, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, little bit. but little I'm glad bit. I, I'm glad I watched it too. And next Christmas, am I going to watch it? I don't know. I probably not, but I might go to the end of it again and listen to the, uh, the, the one with George Clooney, which I didn't even know that song. It's fun. It's fun. It actually asked me, is that a Christmas song? Like, is that a real Christmas song? And I said, I don't know. My life, no. In fact, I never heard. There's a song that everybody sings. You know, it was good to see Buster Poindexter, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song that everybody sings towards the end, the whole kit and caboodle. And I'm like, what? I don't know that song, you know, it shows my ignorance. Maybe it's some, I don't know, James Taylor tune or something. I don't know, but I, I'm like, why am I not in on this? I, I'm pretty music literate. I, I had no, does anybody know what I'm talking about? It was this sort of folksy. Uh, yeah. Song. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, was that the, was that the one sung by the band? No, no, no. Towards the end where everybody's like bills at the, 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 the whole cast before the Clooney Cyrus stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, I don't, I don't know like what it is either. Yeah. Irishy, folky. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Pogues. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the fairy tale of New York. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. It was Christmas Eve, babe, and the 
drunk tank And old man said to me Won't see another one And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you God, I'm the lucky one Came in late into one I've got a feeling This year's for me and you So happy Christmas I love you so Oh, I've never heard of the poems. Yeah, I'm not into the poems. So. Well, they're, they're, uh, I know who yes. they are. Yes. Okay, I was gonna say you gotta be into Celtic rock, but yeah, uh, I know who they are. I'm just not into the whole uh, Celtic, Celt- the Celtic rock. All right, yeah, I mean that's that's actually uh, probably one of their best known songs, and it's um, yeah. I mean, it's if they wanted to do an Irish song, a, a, a Celtic rock song, that that makes more sense than than the Dropkick Murphys one, which bitches about family. So uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Celtic rock. I'm so um, tired of the So I yeah, that was oh my God. every festival we go to in the summer, there's some band that wants to be the Dropkick Murphys here in Detroit. It drives me crazy. I was complaining. I don't know about it. Yeah, well, don't worry about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going I'm here. Yeah. However, I will say that I did see um White Christmas in between our, our last recording and our addendum here. And, oh yeah, and okay. then uh, Friday night and then did watch it again last night. Because that's my speed, guys. <laughs> um, White Christmas. You watch it twice, Nick, between Wednesday and today? Yeah, I saw it once in the theater and then watched oh, it again last Oh, that's week. right. You went to the Redford and saw it. Right. Yeah, which was a blast. And then yeah. and then it's on Netflix. It's usually on Netflix for, you know, like 60 days, you know, December and January. Oh, is it streaming? Yeah, beautifully in, in HD. Oh, and uh, and it, looks, it looks it great it's just so much fun to watch that i may have to throw that on yeah same here. same here i think we'll do that um later maybe in a in week fact, or so closer to christmas in fact I, I should mention as a quick aside gentlemen that for uh a long time i had i'd wanted barry chase's autograph and I, I imagine both of you aren't too familiar with her um she was uh fred astaire's uh mainly her, his dancing partner in the 1960s on, on most of his television specials. But a lot of people know her primarily from um, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. She's uh, um, Dick Sean's girlfriend who's in her bikini doing the dance the whole time the phone's ringing and stuff. And um, uh, so she's kind of a, a cult actress and stuff, and she's in a few films. But mainly she's just, you know, a, an incredible dancer. And uh, when I and she's she has a small cameo in in White Christmas Street. She plays Doris, who is a, it's a speaking role, recurring speaking role. And uh, it, it reignited my quest to find the Barry Chase autograph, and I found one. And on huh. on eBay, uh, it's one of her more most famous roles as as Diane in Cape Fear. Um, you know, so um, opposite, obviously Robert Mitchum. That's that's one of her most famous roles. And uh, it's assigned eight by ten of that, and I snagged it for an incredibly reasonable price, very, very, very low, because she's a pretty hard autograph to find. So, um, she's still living. She's in her eighties, yeah, and she's um, 
she was just she was just remarkable. I mean, as a little kid watching it's a mad, 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 mad world, my brother and I would just look at the, the, there's this classic scene with her in her bikini, and she and Dick Sean are doing this dance scene while the phone rings like thousands of times as Ethel Merman's calling, and uh, um, so she kind of like made it etched herself indelibly into our psyches as, as little kids. <laughs> so I finally was able to grab an autograph from her. So I'm thrilled. She's got, when you guys, when you guys watch white Christmas, she's the blonde in the beginning. That's like mutual. I'm sure I you know. And, and, and Oh yeah, that's okay. That's so her. Okay. There's two girls that, you know, that Danny Kay's trying to hook up uh, Bing with either one. And he introduces them to, you know, the blonde, the blonde with the big white, like pearly smile is Barry chase. Okay. And if you go to exactly you're talking about dozens and dozens of her, clips of her and, and Fred Astaire dancing in sixties on television specials, um, including Christmas specials. And she was, she was his partner for that entire decade. Cool. Are those Christmas specials on YouTube? Uh, Fred Astaire's no idea. Yes. No, I have no idea. I haven't looked possibly. Yeah, yeah, I should look for those too. All right, good. So, um, I guess uh, the consensus is that we're all glad we watched it, but we're not totally crazy about it, right? Right. All right. Cool. Yep. Uh, good enough. I think a lot of people feel the same way. Um. All right. Well, yeah, the IMDb rating is pretty low. It's pretty low. Oh, yeah. Is it? yeah, it it's is like six. Yeah, the Netflix one's pretty is higher than that, but the IMDb one's pretty low. Um. So yeah, I think a lot of people feel feel similar. IMDb's always harsh too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is for sure. Oh man, this has been fun. I'm I'm glad we did this. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, hey, if you've made it this far into this podcast, uh, you might want to go to patreon.com slash that's a wrap and join uh, my former student, Josh, uh, Nick's former student, A.V. Brown, or maybe uh, Jorge uh, in supporting us in uh, financially. Um, if you're not into that whole, you know, giving money to people things, but you like shopping, uh, if you go to that'srapshow.com, where you'll find show notes, and you click on any link that has Amazon in it, the Amazon link on the side or anything, we'll, we get a little kickback from whatever you buy after that. So uh, you don't have to spend any extra money. Just show a little love, you know, help us pay the hosting costs for this. Uh, we also appreciate reviews on uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. So and we've, been, we've had a lot of fun bringing this to you the last couple of years, and uh, it's, you know, it's been a blast. And you know, thanks for thanks for listening. And happy holidays to everybody. And happy holidays to everybody, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. Happy holidays. Uh for that's a wrap. I'm Eric Marshall. I'm Nick Schlegel. And I'm Chris Gullen. And thanks for listening. Cut. That's a wrap. Mm-hmm.